Welcome. In today's episode, we talk with registered nurse and intuitive eating counselor, Victoria Yates, about when healthy eating becomes unhealthy. Victoria shares her personal story with disordered eating and distills her years of experience helping women redefine health through intuitive eating. We talk about why a black and white good food, bad food mindset is harmful, the reality of trusting your body with all foods, and how to practically rewire your beliefs about food and your body, and much more. Let's get into the episode. Hey friends, welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. Today we have the privilege of talking with our friend, Victoria Yates. She's a registered nurse and a whole health and intuitive eating coach and counselor. Um, And she's going to help us today answer a really common question, which is how can healthy eating be unhealthy or when does healthy eating become no longer healthy? So thank you, Victoria, for being here. Yes. Okay. So Victoria, for those who don't know you, um, Victoria, she's a nurse turned food and body image coach for women, specializing in helping women to stop dieting and love their bodies through learning how to eat intuitively. So with all the pressure to eat perfectly and have a perfect body, it's no wonder that you, as we, most of us do feel stressed about how we should eat. And so Victoria teaches us how to have that healthy lifestyle built on the science behind intuitive eating so that you never have to go on another diet again. So that sounds pretty amazing and um, could be feel, could feel a little bit maybe far-fetched for some people. So maybe how did you arrive here in this place? Um, if you could start out with your personal story, um, career-related or just um, your life story and how God met you in the middle of it. Yeah, totally. So... Um, for me, my story started around middle school, probably around like when I was, my body was changing. I was going through puberty, like anyone, um, in middle school. And during that time I had always really been interested in health and wellness. Like it was just an important part of my family growing up. Um, and so what really happened though, was I, I had this interest and like anyone would do, I went to Google and was just reading up on like how to be healthy. What do I need to do? How do I need to eat? And, you know, hindsight, looking back, it's like everything I was reading, everything that I was filling my mind with in my education on like how to be healthy really was very diet focused. Cause that's all that anyone talks about is mm-hmm. like, um, I actually have a very distinct memory where my mom made a comment and said something about like, you know, you're, you're dieting. And I was like, no, I'm not like, I was so confused. And that really kept me stuck for a really long time. Cause I was in such denial because I was just doing what I saw I was supposed to do. And I was like, I describe it to, um, my audiences. Like I was the A plus student of dieting. Like I was really good at it. And, um, you know, so much so that it turned into this obsession and became really restrictive. And so I 
just like battled with this type of mindset around food where, um, I had this like good food, bad food mentality that I'm sure, you know, maybe your listeners have heard people talk about, or if not, it's like that black and white thinking with food of food is either good or bad. There's no in between. Mm -hmm. Um, I very much was stuck in that mindset and really just tied like my own worth to how I was eating. And so I'd feel really good about myself if I was eating all the right things, Um, and then if I ate anything that was like bad in my mind, I felt so much shame and guilt. And this really went on for probably like eight to 10 years, um, to flash forward. I was in college, my senior year. And, um, I basically, my story personally is I I met my now husband at the time and we started dating and things started getting serious. And I kind of had this realization that, you know, food was really food and exercise. And this obsession I had with it was really taking up more time, energy, and mental space than I wanted it to, or then was healthy. And I realized that, you know, for me to even like, what was most real for me was thinking about, um, I recognized that if I were to keep on this path that I was on with food and exercise, that it would come into the relationship I had with my husband. And, um, I really just realized in that moment, like, I don't, I want to feel free around food and feel really good and like work on my body image too, because that plays such a role in our marriages. And I knew that. Um, and so I, that was kind of the pivoting moment where I really was like, okay, like all up until this point, you know, I'd gone to therapy, I'd work with, worked with nutritionists. Um, and it wasn't really until that point where it became my decision. And I saw the implications of the path that I was going on. And I was like, that is not where I want to go. Um, that it really started. I really started to make some changes. And then I think the biggest, like, just like everything clicked for me, when I was actually listening to a podcast, which is why I'm such a fan of um, podcasts, intuitive eating podcasts, because I was listening to an intuitive eating podcast that I landed on and I didn't know about intuitive eating at the time. And I um, learned about it in this podcast episode and all of a sudden everything clicked for me. So I had done a lot of the work on my own. And like, like I said, like with professionals up until this point, but it wasn't until I learned about intuitive eating and especially coming from like a health background, it just made so much sense for me with how our bodies work. And it just made so much, much sense that, okay, we don't have to control what we're eating. We don't have to control our, or count our calories, which was something I was really into. Um, and we can just let our bodies lead us. And so I started at that point, it was like, everything shifted for me. And I just dived straight into intuitive eating. And even like in that moment, I remember I like heard that there was something called an intuitive eating counselor. And I was like, I am going to become this because I know that I'm not alone. And this was about five or six years ago. Um, and so I realized, you know, okay, I'm not alone. I know there's a million other women who are struggling with this too. And I want to help them too, because it is, it feels so much better to be at this place where food is just you know, you feel so free and so much peace around food. You're able to just go like food is able to be part of your life. You're able to eat healthy, take care of your body, but it's not like everything. 
Um, you're able to have like, I'm able to have other hobbies and interests um, and really pour into relationships. Like I really attribute so much of where I am now with just learning about intuitive eating. And so that is why I'm so passionate about the work I do, um, coaching women and why I'm here today too. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. I, uh, I totally resonate with the, just the realization that food, um, and exercise and our relationship with that just can take up this huge chunk. It just becomes a relationship in its own. It's like, it's this other person or thing that's draining our time. And, you know, when we're getting married or are married, or even when it's just, we're thinking about our relationship with God, we can see like, wow, I'm pouring so much into this thing. Um, and I am in effect losing time and energy to pour into these other things, which are actually what give me life. I know you said like just having time for other hobbies, um, or other relationships. So I love hearing your story, Victoria. Um, I know today for the listeners, they might be thinking if they listen, if they clicked on this podcast and they're like, okay, how do I, um, how can viewing food as good and bad, how can that even be a problem, right? I'm, I'm eating what is more nourishing for my body or that's what I believe. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the realities of, or the effects of, um, believing foods are black and white, good and bad? Yeah. So, um, when you are labeling foods as good or bad, you have that black or white thinking that is where the guilt and the shame come from. Like when we are labeling foods as good or bad, I mean, just think about it. Like you're literally saying this food is bad. And so you feel bad for eating it. And that's what leads to all of the guilt. And so this is a lot of times what I work on with my clients. Like this is the biggest part is like, how can we release that guilt? And part of that is just starting to see, I talk to my clients about the different purposes that food has. I think this is really um, a big part of making peace with food and getting away from that black or white thinking is starting to see food as having more than one, more than just one purpose. Like um, I teach that food has five main purposes. It has the purpose of nutrition, obviously. Obviously, we get nutrition from food, and that's a really important purpose. But there's also the purposes of just sometimes we just eat because we need to eat and we're just looking for food to be practical. Um, so that's where, you know, sometimes we do the healthy option is going through the drive-through and getting a hamburger because that's like what is available to you. And it's better to eat than to just not eat and then get overly hungry later. So sometimes food is literally just, what can I eat right now that I have available and it's just practical. And then we have also the cultural and like the tradition parts of food. So, you know, food might have that purpose of like, for example, you know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these holidays. And that's a great example of sometimes food is, has that purpose of like, this is just cultural and this is fun. These are traditions we have that we make gingerbread cookies together and we enjoy that. And we eat gingerbread cookies with our kids without feeling guilty. So, you know, obviously there's healthier things than gingerbread cookies, but it doesn't mean that eating gingerbread cookies is a bad thing or unhealthy. Um, and then, so another purpose, a lot of times that we 
neglect to think about is just, um, the pleasure that food gives us. And so sometimes, you know, even if something isn't quote unquote healthy in our world's standards, there is this health aspect of like, this is bringing pleasure. And I believe, you know, God created food for our pleasure for us to enjoy. I mean, that's why, I mean, why would we have taste buds if we weren't supposed to find pleasure from eating? Um, and so there's that purpose as well. I don't know if I listed all five, I'm kind of like racking my brain here. Um, but those are like the main purposes that food has. And so as you see, it's like, it's not just about the health and nutrition, it is a part, but also, you know, some foods are going to be more in the pleasure realm than just being healthy and nutritious. And then sometimes, yes, we do choose foods. Like, you know, maybe we have been eating more sugar lately. And so our body legit is craving something more healthy, like a salad or like a really nourishing soup. And so you're going to gravitate towards that too. But this just is a, an example of how, you know, when we let our bodies lead, we really can trust them. Like God created us with these just uh, systems in place that allow us to trust our bodies when we really get into both like practically how our bodies work. Um, and just like experience, we can see that, you know, we really don't have to hold such tight control in order to eat healthy. And I think that's the biggest thing that people struggle with that I see a lot is like, there's this fear of if I let go of control, if I stop dieting, then I'm just going to go the exact opposite direction. And it's really not true. And so this is a lot of like how the work that I know we all do is helping people see that you really can trust yourself and it takes stepping out and practicing and getting uncomfortable and like really rewiring how you think about food. Um, but the end result is really truly believing you can trust your body. Yeah. And that's so helpful. And I think, yes, it, it does take time. It's different for every person. And I know you've mentioned, you've talked about your story and, um, a few of the main purposes for food. And I think, we, yes, we absolutely judge food if it's good or bad based on the nutrition value. But then, you know, we have, that's like a very narrow view of food. And if we take a step back and see the bigger perspective, like, oh no, there are so many purposes to food. And, and you talked about taste buds being like a built in pleasure center for food to enjoy food and to really to enjoy God because God gave us food and to nourish our bodies and our souls. And that's, you know, like the tree of life symbolizes um, us being nourished by God. And, you know, Jesus calls himself the bread of life. And when you're talking to about your story and how it's just like, there's so much mental space dedicated to food. Um, I thought of this um, quote by Tim Keller because it always resonates me about like what idols do and like what, you can like when you're so consumed with something, it cons ends up consuming you and that's not healthy for you spiritually, physically, you know, because all of these things are wrapped up into one. But he says, um, idols consume you as you pursue them, disappoint you when you get them and destroy you when you lose them. Um, so I feel like that's just so telling for when food becomes, when quote, healthy eating becomes unhealthy because then you feel like broken down inside, like you can't pursue a healthy marriage, you know, like you can't pursue these, um, these degree, like things in life that you really want to do. Um, but then 
Psalm 122, um, Eugene Patterson Peterson has this book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And he talks about worship being like the other side of that. And that Psalm 122 singles out three items. Worship gives us a workable structure for life. So like that five purposes of food thing, you know, like, oh, there, this is a, there's a structure for food here. And worship nurtures our need to be in relationship with God. So it's not like the separate relationship with food. It's like, no, it's integrated, you know. It's from God, with God, for God. And then worship centers our attention on the decisions of God. So I know that you talk a lot about balance and what does it mean when you are unhealthy, when you're unhealthily eating healthy. So could you maybe like talk about some of the signs and symptoms that people can be looking out for if, if you know, if how to know if it's becoming unhealthy for them? Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so I think first of all, it's like a big sign is just that you are thinking about food all the time and it's causing a lot of anxiety in your own mind. Um, and so this is where I think it's important to point out that there, like anyone can struggle with this and it doesn't look a certain way. Like anyone can struggle with this. And I think it takes a little bit of like looking into yourself and, and asking yourself, how is my relationship with food? Um, does it feel healthy? I think that a lot of us know the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. How, if it feels healthy or not, do we feel like it's in a healthy place? Um, another sign is just when you are around, um, unhealthy foods, what's your response? How are you thinking? Uh, are you feeling guilty or for eating something that's maybe in your mind unhealthy? Um, maybe even just thinking about the language that you use around food. A lot of times we hear that language of like, this food is good, or I'm going to be good. And so I'm going to eat this food or, oh, I'm so bad for eating this food. That's a really big sign that you have that good or bad thinking, that black or white thinking with food that could be influencing how your relationship is with food. Um, and then just like, is food and exercise taking up precious time in like your relationships? Are you sitting down and hanging out with your kids and you're thinking about how many calories you've eaten during the day? Are you out getting I don't know, dinner with some friends and you are stressed because everybody's ordering a salad, but you want to eat something else and you feel, um, but you feel guilty for eating what you actually want. Those are just a couple of things to think about. Mm. Um, but I think a big question is like, how do you feel about your relationship with food? Take time to really think about that and really answer that for yourself. Um, do you feel like it's taking up more time, energy, mental space than you want it to? And if so, um, this is some of the work that you really want to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so good because it's like we, it's just another example of trusting ourselves because you can ask that question and you can ask it um, in prayer with God and he's going to give you the answer. Like, you know, um, and he knows, and it's not going to be a huge mystery how your relationship with food is going. So I love that. Um, I do want to add um, just for anyone who's completely new to this, that if you're also, if you feel that you, um, 
when you finally give yourself permission with food that you're binging or really overeating on, quote, bad foods or foods you believe are unhealthy, or even if you feel like you're really overeating on the foods that you believe are um, healthy, this can be another example of that good and bad food mindset ruling. I don't know, Victoria, have you had like experience with that with yourself or with your clients? Yes, definitely. Especially in the beginning, like you were saying, the beginning parts of making peace with food. A lot of times they go, you know, clients will go through this period of just feeling even out of control with food. And that's normal. And that's part of the reason why I see it's really beneficial to work with someone during this time, because it's Mm. so hard. It can be really hard to go through on your own. You're going to think you're doing it wrong. Um, but it's really all part of making peace with food and, and building up that trust with your body. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm stealing Casey's question. <laughs> I was just going to elaborate on that and say, maybe Casey was going to say it too, <laughs> that we always talk about that pendulum swing um, with our audience, which is just kind of what you alluded to, Victoria, of like, okay, you might start giving yourself permission to eat all foods and to stop viewing them black and white. And you might be on this side of the pendulum of, okay, I'm eating a lot of these previously off limits foods. And that's kind of scary. And that's where Victoria said, it's really great to work with someone like her. And then our bodies, as we trust them, right, they come back, our appetites swing back and we start to crave, um, foods on the other side of the spectrum. Maybe that we used to think were quote healthy foods and we end up right here, right in the middle. Um, so yeah. So, okay. (laughs) Victoria, will you share, and then Casey, interject if you need to, will you share um, some really like practical habits that people can let go of and then in the same breath, because I think some when we, when we create a void of something we were doing, we want to fill it with something good. Um, what can they then start practicing in place of those habits? related to the good and bad food mindset? Yeah. So I think the number one thing to do in regards to the good and bad food mentality is obviously letting go of the words, good food and bad food. Um, Just start to, that's just like such a practical way to just start to shape your vocabulary, which I believe that, you know, once you, if you start by just changing the way you're talking about food, it's going to shift into the way that you're thinking about food too. Um, and it's a really practical way to start to make those mindset shifts. So just start to talk about food differently instead of saying this is a good food or bad food, or even just start to be aware because sometimes maybe we're not saying these things out loud. It's more of like in the innermost parts of our thoughts, start to become more aware of how you're thinking about food and where you're seeing some of this language in your thoughts. And then just start to practice redirecting the thoughts that you're having Um, So I like to work with my clients specifically on creating new ways of thinking around foods. So instead of saying this food's good or this food is bad, maybe you just point out some other attribute of this, of that food. And like, maybe you say, oh, this food's really tasty or, oh, I didn't really like this food or, oh, this food's crunchy, you know, just like anything that you can do to start to talk about food differently. Um, 
And so that is one thing I would definitely say, and then just start to, um, again, this is all like noticing how you're thinking about food, um, which maybe for some people, you know, this is not the most intuitive thing because we're just so like quick to, um, not really think about how we're thinking, (laughs) but, uh, or spend time thinking or like paying attention to how we're thinking, but just noticing times where you're feeling guilty or shame around food and just redirecting again to some positive affirmations or just positive mindsets that you want. Um, one practice that you can start to do is to just, um, I look at creating new ways of thinking and new beliefs around food and even body image as something that we need to practice kind of like when you're at the gym and you're working out a muscle that is really weak and hasn't been used for a while. So if you think about those muscles that you don't use very often, they're weak, they're, they're tiny. And you have these other like larger muscles that are going to try to sweep in and like take over the work of those smaller muscles, a little physiology for you guys. Um, but the same thing goes with how we are thinking. And so if you are so conditioned to thinking a certain way about food, like for this example, the good food, bad food mentality, you're, it's going to be, you're going to have to actually practice thinking differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and so instead of, you know, thinking, oh, this good food, bad food mentality, maybe you have some other things that another belief that you start to practice another thought that you start to practice. Maybe you use the, the simple thought of there are no good foods or bad foods. And you start to practice thinking that whenever you notice that black and white thinking come into your mind when it comes to food. So, um, and with time, just like when you're working a muscle with time, that that thought is going to be the main thought that you think about food as opposed to the good food, bad food. Um, so it's, it's like the working out analogy is just so true with how we are with our thoughts. So maybe think about that next time. Think about, I am working out my positive food muscles right now, um, to create new beliefs around food, ones that are going to serve you and your relationship with food even more. Yes. Love that. And I know Aubrey talks about that too in our course. It's like, we're not trying, we're training. And so the thought around training is, oh yeah, each time I do it, I get stronger, new pathways are formed. Um, And speaking about pathways, I want to ask you about this because in your story, you talked about how you saw your path going a certain way and you decide, I don't want to keep going this way when it comes to my relationship with food and exercise. And so um, I'm curious to know, like, how did God meet you there? Because I think of whenever you're talking about creating new beliefs um, in these decisions, thinking about our thinking, I think of like, we think we're just on a straight path. And then, and then there's the cross. The cross is like a line that goes up and down and then side to side. So it's like, we think we're on this path that we want to go on. And then God like meets us right in the middle. (laughs) And so it's like, actually, I want to take you here. Actually, I'm going to show you that I hold all things together and you don't have to keep doing it. So maybe how did he meet you there in the middle of your path? And how did he um, take you on a new path? And then um, do you have any scriptures maybe that you could share that um, have been helpful for you when you create these new thought patterns um, to help you to look to the Lord in those moments of 
creating those new habits? Yeah. So as we kind of talked about and alluded to earlier food and just my body, like trying to keep and like have a perfect body was like an idol for me. And, um, something that was just keeping me from just being fully who God meant me made for me to be because, it was this obsession that was like taking over all of my thoughts. And I think that's how idols work is they just kind of come in between us and God. Literally, they are like us putting something before God. And that's how it was with like trying with food for me and trying to pursue just, just the healthiest lifestyle possible. Um, And so for me personally, God really, you know, I feel like, he was always trying to get me to see that I am enough regardless of how I ate or what type of body, like how my body looked or whether I, you know, skipped a workout one day. Um, so that was just like a very real way that God started to, um, just teach me more of like who he created me to be. And I think the biggest thing too, is just, I started to see that I was made for more than just eating healthy and exercising as silly as it sounds, but that's kind of like the way my life was back then was just consumed by eating healthy and exercising, like all the time thinking about it or exercising, like actually doing it. Um, and so that is honestly too, why I'm so passionate about, about, helping women to find this freedom, because I do believe we were made for more than just eating healthy and exercising. And we can get so narrow-minded and even like, it's, it's tricky because it's like, it's a good thing to pursue health and wellness. And actually one of the verses, it's my favorite verse ever, um, is first Timothy four verse eight which is for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And I remember um, actually seeing that verse on a YMCA when I was running and like, I was very much in the midst of um, an unhealthy relationship with exercise and food. And even though like that wasn't necessarily the moment where everything changed for me, but it really did impact me because I, I realized in that moment, like it it kind of put in perspective, yes, you know, God wants us to respect our bodies and our bodies are a vessel for the Holy spirit and his work in our lives and us, uh, being led by the Holy spirit in, you know, to those around us, but, um, and so obviously, you know, health and wellness is important to God, I believe, but it, is unhealthy when it becomes everything to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we put that above godliness and our own refining and being led by the Holy spirit. And, you know, even in just like a very like literal way, like I would, I was thinking about health and calories and exercising way more than I was thinking about God. And so I think that's just like thinking about where your mind is, um, and how much of your mind is taken up by 
thoughts of food and exercise and health. That's another really great way to just kind of check in with yourself. Um, but anyway, I love that verse. I, uh, I have it like, it's my all-time favorite verse because I think it's just so relevant to us today in our diet focused world. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, that verse and that story, it, it also reminds me of like another really big verse that we talk about in this realm, which is just like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Um, because health and, um, you know, like your, your food and what's given to you, the clothes on your body, those are things that God talks about. These will be added to you as you seek me first. And so even like in this pursuit of health, I think I would even challenge that not to you, Victoria, because I know <laughs> where you stand, but I would challenge it in the world of the church is that we don't even need to be pursuing health. Like we need to be pursuing Christ, God, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will add to us. And that's what's so beautiful. I think all of us would agree about intuitive eating, intuitive health is that it's it's not this like all consuming effort. <laughs> the the all consuming effort is to like let go of the control really. Like that's where the effort comes. Let go of the c- control and trust so that like you can just pursue God. Um and then he adds these things to you. Easy come, right? They're not it's not like this all consuming pursuit of health anymore, but of him. So, I absolutely love that. Um Thank you, Victoria, so much for sharing your story and your wisdom. Victoria, I know, is a wonderful, wonderful coach. So if you guys need one-on-one coaching, um, she has so many good resources. And I know you have more than that. She also has the podcast um, that I would love for you to talk about sort of where people can connect with you, where they can listen to the podcast, um, and then pray us out, if you will, Victoria. I do have a podcast called the redefining health podcast that you're welcome to come and listen and follow along. Um, that is my mission over there is just redefining what health looks like. So all the things that we've been talking about here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so come listen. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm over there quite a bit at non-diet underscore RN. And I do have like a little freebie if anyone wants on my website called five steps to start intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and my website is victoria-yates.com. So yeah, anyone come say hi on Instagram. I love just connecting with people over there. So um, come get in my DMs and say hi. I would love to love to talk more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And also, it's helpful that you mentioned the five tips to starting intuitive eating because we have talked about like, well, okay, now we can know what it looks like if we start to become unhealthy with healthy eating and a little bit more about how to start reframing your thoughts and the narratives around food. Um, and then it comes to the training part. So we release people, we let them go, but also you're not alone. We have lots of resources. So yes, please go and check out um, that resource. I'm at Victoria's website and we'll link that in the show notes too. Um, and yeah, we appreciate you and we're so thankful that we get to connect as sisters in Christ and to, um, share his story in each of our lives. So, well, yeah, will you just do the honor of, of praying for us and then, and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you. All right, dear Lord, thank you so much for just 
like we started this conversation with, thank you for technology that we get to, um, you know, I just think about even myself, like a big part of me getting to where I am now is hearing, um, this message on a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I pray for anyone who's listening, who, uh, feels like they are not at where a place where they want to be right now with their relationship with food. They have started to recognize through this episode that they maybe, maybe food has turned into more of like an idol. Maybe pursuing health has become more like an idol and they're kind of noticing that, um, obsession and it seeping into parts of their lives that they don't want it to. And so I pray for them, first of all, that you would just give them just, um, a gentleness with themselves. Um, because this is just the beginning of, um, an amazing relationship with food, but more so an amazing relationship with you, because when we let go of foods control on us, we get to experience you in more of our lives and be more of who you've made us to be. So I pray for anyone listening right now who just needs some encouragement. And I pray that you put people in their lives to encourage them in this, because this is this way of thinking about food is not what is common in our culture. And, um, I thank you for Casey and Aubrey and their, um, their mission here and the work that they're doing. And I pray that you would just bless them. And, um, thank you for getting to record this episode together and, um, all of the work, uh, that so many, um, women are in, and men are doing right now to, um, bring others to a better relationship with you through healing their relationship with food. So anyway, thank you so much, Lord, for meeting us here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Victoria. And thank you, everybody. Until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Bye. Bye.